Welcome to the Rookie Leaders Podcast, the podcast of veteran leaders offering leadership lessons to newbies. Whether you're brand new to leadership or expanding your leadership responsibilities, this podcast will provide the knowledge and experience you need to lead courageously and effectively. This podcast is a production of the Credible Leadership Group, a coaching and consulting firm devoted to your leadership development, career advancement, and personal growth. Learn more at CredibleLeaders.com. Now, here's your host, Michael Tanner. Well, hello there, friend. Michael Tanner here, your host. Welcome to another episode of the Rookie Leaders Podcast. I am always honored to have you listening in. Thank you so much for doing that. Hey, today I've got a special guest for you again today. We're going to talk to Nikki Green about being adaptable. Uh, Adaptability is a huge attribute for leaders because the fact is, no matter how good you plan, now I'm not opposed to planning, obviously, But no matter how well you plan, something is going to go sideways. And it's very, very important, and especially as a leader, that you have the capability of adapting to those necessary changes in your plan. So you're going to love today's episode of the podcast. Before I dive into my interview with Nikki and explain a little bit more about her, let me remind you about the leadership calculator that we have incredibleleaders.com forward slash calculator. You want to take advantage of this free calculator that will um, utilize our leadership equation to determine your leadership effectiveness, give you a leadership effectiveness score, and put you on one of the five leadership levels that we've defined. But more importantly, give you a specific report on your leadership effectiveness as to how you can improve your leadership. What gets measured gets improved. I believe it was Peter Drucker that said that. So first, we want to help you measure your leadership and then give you the information that is necessary for you to improve your leadership. So be sure you take advantage of that. Again, that's credibleleaders.com forward slash calculator. Now, having said that, let me tell you a little bit about Nikki Green. I Uh, had an interview with her a few weeks back and just really excited to now share this podcast episode uh, with you all. But uh, Nikki has been uh, leading in Fortune 500 companies for for over two decades now. And she's essentially left the day job, if you will, for the purpose of sharing her leadership wisdom, uh, especially with the next generation of leaders. I so love her passion to Uh, work with young leaders. I know she's specifically targeting leaders that are just now coming out of college. Uh, And so I'm so in line with her passion to serve those leaders. But she has a, a, a unique, if you will, approach at leadership. She wants you to stand out against the, you know, the harmful ways that we've come to do business today and to uh, to stand out uh, from the crowd and, and to bring your unique perspective to your leadership. Nikki is all about embracing the uniqueness that is you. And I so love this message from Nikki, and I'm excited to share this with you, especially this topic, as I said earlier, about being adaptable. I can't say it enough. As a leader, you have to be adaptable And I want to share this interview with Nikki because I think she shares a a great amount of wisdom with you as it relates to being adaptable. So without further ado, here's Nikki Green. 
Nikki, welcome to the Rookie Leaders Podcast. It is so good to have you. When you and I met a few weeks back, and ever since I've been excited to share you and this topic with our audience. And, and it's a really timely topic, given that we're 2021 now, we're coming off of a kind of a pandemic year in 2020, and there's been a lot of changes that a lot of leaders have experienced. And you are going to be talking with us today about adaptability. But first, just welcome to the podcast. It's so good to have you. Thanks, Michael. It's great to be here. I love the show. And I even still, you know, after 20 years of management can learn something from other people. So it's great that you have this coming together. Yeah, good, good. Well, I'm, I'm really, as I said, really excited because the topic of adaptability as a leader is very, very timely right now. Um, leaders and really everyone, we've all gone through some really, really significant changes and we've certainly had to adapt to those over the last 18 months or more now. Uh, but leaders especially, I believe, have to be uh, uh, adaptable. And so I, I would just first kind of throw it out there and ask you, why is that important, do you think? Why, why is it so important that leaders are adaptable or why is that a topic so near and dear to you? Yeah, I think it's always been part of my life has been change. Mm -hmm. I moved a lot. I went to lots of different schools and some might say that's a disadvantage. For me, I actually felt it became an advantage as I got older because when I worked in a company and maybe they restructured or I got a new boss or they wanted me to go work in a new office, I was able to adapt to those things and say, oh, okay, here's the opportunity and not be quite so overwhelmed and stressed and worrying like, well, is this new boss going to like me and how's it going to work out? Um, and so I've been continuing to work on that, especially over these last two years, yeah. adaptability is getting more and more important as our workforce is starting to change with everything that's going on in the world. Yeah. You know, this is an important topic. And, and for me, sometimes I feel like I kind of overlook this, this skill set of adaptability, especially for leaders, uh, because I first learned leadership uh, in the Marine Corps, and we had this saying in the Marines, you know, improvise, adapt, and overcome. Uh, now, the reason we said that so often is because things change all the time. And no matter how well we properly planned a mission, uh, then something was not going to go as planned, and you were going to have to improvise and adapt and overcome and so that was just so ingrained in me early on uh, that I think, you know, when I came into the corporate world, I, I still had that that acceptance Mindset. that change is going to happen and yeah. I've got to be adaptable to that. But I know so many in the corporate world that didn't have that same background as me, change is difficult for some. And the idea of adapting to that can be really, really difficult. Yeah, I think when I first started working, um, you know, and it was the generation before me that was leading, they still had a bit of a mindset of like, okay, I'm going to set an annual plan for the business, a three-year plan, a five-year plan, and we're going to stay super locked into this and we're going to charge forward at all costs. Well, then, you know, tech bubble bursts, different things happen in the market. Uh, someone comes in as a competitor 
business is adaptability. And then I started seeing all those cycles starting to shorten and shorten and shorten to now to the point where people are saying we need to be fully agile with our planning in business, um, which is not an easy thing to do and still get to some sort of end goal if you're changing too often too. Right. 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 Yeah. You know, you, uh, you mentioned the word agile and and planning there. And, and I think it's important that we should first say, I'm not advocating, and I don't think you are either. We're not advocating for the idea of don't plan. Just, you know, just willy-nilly, just take changes as they come and just react to them. Uh, We're not against planning, uh, but I think we are for uh, accepting the reality that things are going to change about that plan. And you used the word agile earlier. Uh, uh, In my corporate world, I'm also in the software development world, and (laughs) agile is is a very... Um, popular uh, software development methodology, and it is it's it's a 180 from the old waterfall methodology of define every little detail of everything you want to do before and, you even start. Yeah, and then <laughs> lock in on that, and then start working, and don't change anything. And you know, you just have these really really long projects. It's got everything, including the kitchen sink in it, and. Uh, you know, it, it never ends on time and oftentimes you don't get what, you, and so we've taken kind of a 180 and we're, we're looking at list everything you want to do and list it in priority order. And we'll just run through that as fast as you can. And whenever you want to release, you can release. That's kind of the agile approach. And I think that uh, when we look at that from a leadership perspective, that's that agile methodology and adaptability is important to, let's just Let's just create these priorities and let's go after them as fast as we can. And if those priorities change, okay, we'll adapt to that. Or if that plan changes, we'll adapt to that. Well, and and that's where we're at over the last year. And I think this is where, hey, uh, people that had maybe a customer service department in their company, they probably had them in an office with a giant desktop and they had to come in for some sort of an eight hour shift. Well, then pandemic happened, everyone has to go home. They don't have enough laptops. Now we start to compress the supply chain because, you know, you can't just all of a sudden go purchase, you know, 500 laptops and maybe they don't even know how to use them or don't have good internet. Everything in that planning process, you still have to have an end goal, but stuff's going to happen and it's going to continue to require you to be more flexible and think about those things as possible problems <laughs> down the road. Yeah. You, you know, when I think about changes that leaders face, um, maybe I maybe I oversimplify this, but I tend to put it in two, one of two buckets. Change that we can influence or control and then other changes that that we can't. Right. We have zero influence, right? We can't stop mm-hmm. these changes from coming, things like that. And th- this pandemic that we've all experienced over the last 18 months or so, that certainly falls into that bucket of it's out of our control. There was nothing we could do about it. Um, we had to, uh, we've had to adapt to the way that we've just done daily work. Um, mm-hmm. And as leaders, we've certainly had to adapt in the various ways that, that we lead. And, and I guess that would be one question I, I would have of you is how have you seen people, what kind of adaptation have, have people needed to make in their leadership regarding the, the pandemic and, or, or things that are out of their control? Yeah, I think, um, 
in one of your previous episodes, you guys talked a lot about your team being your family and really connecting with your team. If you had a team before that was right there with you in the office and you could see, you know, they didn't look quite awake when they got there, they look a little stressed, you understand there's maybe something going on at home, maybe they have a sick kid, you don't know, but at least there's some social cues that you can understand. Mm -hmm. And if you are comfortable enough with your team, you can talk about anything, right? Not just work and make sure you get to know that person that got really hard with the pandemic because you didn't always see them. You weren't always on video or you're just so spread thin. You had trouble connecting with each person on the team, you know, in order to know what was happening. And so it's something that as we, if we do stay remote or some version of it, managers are going to have to start working a lot harder to make sure they're staying connected to their team and really taking a pulse on their mental health, their physical health, their balance between, you know, what else is going on in their life. And that's most of the managers that I've talked to have been stressed about working through that transition and how long they have to keep it going when it was, oh, maybe it's a month or two. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> that was one thing. No one were saying this is possibly the way they got to rethink some of their management style and the amount of time they do those more interpersonal connections rather than always like, here's the project, here's the task, go forth and conquer. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think you're exactly right. And and I think um, one thing that I know I've had to do and I've been been coaching people to do now through this pandemic is you have to be intentional to do things that in the past, maybe they weren't exactly just natural and just happened, mm -hmm. but things that you probably had gotten into the habit of doing, if you will. So, for instance, one of those is uh, in the in the morning times, I'm I'm a. Uh, I was always diligent. I'd go grab a cup of coffee and then I would just swing by, you know, the desk of two or three team members and just, yes. just chit chat for, you know, five minutes. I mean, nothing, I didn't necessarily stop in to see how work was doing or, or an update on some project or anything. I just stopped in to see how they were doing, right. To, to get, to build a better relationship with them as a person. Mm -hmm. Well, Come the pandemic, well, that's not an option, right? When I grab my cup of coffee, I'm just walking up the steps to my office. That's it, yeah. right? I, I don't walk by anyone's desk. And so I've had to be really intentional, things like Zoom calls. And 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 I've been really intentional about even getting on camera. And I know everyone doesn't like that. Um, but that's just some intentionality that I had to put into my leadership because mm -hmm. I had to adapt. I couldn't swing by their desk with a cup of coffee anymore. I had to take some other initiative to continue to build those relationships. So that's an example of how the pandemic has certainly influenced me and, and, and forced me to be adaptive in, in my leadership. Yeah, and, and I think I was very fortunate because I've worked in global companies for a long time. So it always had people across all types of time zones and, and stakeholders. So there was an expectation that, you know, maybe I'm taking calls super early in the morning or way late at night, but I have this flexible schedule and I already had to make that effort and, and my team the same way. We have to be a lot more clear with communication as well. If you're not clearly communicating the expectations uh, written in email, verbally through one-on-one -on -one meetings or through staff or project meetings, it's so much easier to lose some of the context and for them not to perform well, you know, on top of the stress that they're experiencing. But I think that that that's so important to put those two things together is 
over communicate in this environment because you don't have those hallway conversations, not just between you and the employee, but between the employees themselves. So they lose some of that knowledge sharing that that also happens sort of naturally in the office. Right? Yep. Yep. You know, and I'd like to get your thoughts on this, too. I, I think it's um, I think it's important as a leader to be transparent about what you're doing and the intentionality and 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 what you're doing to adapt. Uh, so what I mean by that is, again, uh, you know, when I would have a cup of coffee and I'd swing by someone's desk just to talk for a few minutes, I didn't stop in and say, hey, I, I'm going to stop in and talk to you for five minutes because I'm trying to build a better relationship with you and so forth. I didn't necessarily do that. But when I when I had to adapt and go to, say, Zoom calls with my my direct reports and all, I had to be, I felt like I need, I had to be a little bit transparent and, and acknowledge what I was doing to adapt here. You know, Mm -hmm. and I had to basically say, look, Hey, I don't get to swing by your desk anymore with a cup of coffee. So, you know what I'm going to do? I'm just going to put a 10 minute zoom call on our calendar every Wednesday morning. Right. And, And so I just had to be a little transparent, right? I wasn't, it wasn't some covert operation that I was doing to try to hide the fact that I can't do coffee with you anymore. So now I got to have a zoom call. Instead, I was just kind of forthcoming and say, Hey, I don't want us to lose connection here. And so let's do this every morning on zoom. What's your thoughts on being transparent about that and open about that? Well, and I think this is one of the most important parts of utilizing the video. I know, you know, some people are very shy or they're more introverted. Mm-hmm. And I know there's even studies saying like this much video is definitely not helping our brain. But um, I make the argument too, I think it was good to see that transparency, to see into people's homes, to see I've got the toddler running in and jumping in and trying to do Paw Patrol in the right. video, yep. Yep. right? Like that we are all back to our human selves and that we are challenged with, I lost my apartment the week before pandemic and I had to move in with my boyfriend. I was working from his kid's playroom. I no longer had an office. Mm-hmm. You know, all those little things are about that adaptability too. And sometimes when you see someone else going through the same thing as you, you, it also makes you feel a little less stressed. And and again, being transparent about not just how you're dealing with work, but how you're dealing with some of these challenges that we're, yeah, we're all experiencing yeah. together, right? Yeah. So, well then, so we've got this big pandemic and, and it certainly caused us all to adapt. And again, I, I feel like that falls in the bucket of th- change that's out of our control. But the other bucket is change that we as leaders experience that to some degree is in our control. And this might be maybe we're, we as the leader are initiating a change in you know process, the way mm-hmm. we as a team operate, or maybe there's an organizational change that we are influencing and defining, or maybe that is kind of somewhat happening to us, if you will, or, or new team members coming and going. Uh, th- so change that is in our control. And I would ask you as to, with those, with that type of situation as leaders, how can we best be adaptable to those kind of changes? Yeah. And this happens to me a lot with, especially like restructuring or changes to what my team was working on or the priorities, maybe not just of my team, even of the broader company. And it's sometimes a tough spot when you're a manager, because you may know about those things a lot further in advance than you're allowed to tell the team Mm -hmm. because you're helping them work through, okay, well, we need to prioritize. We need to do this before that. This thing is no longer a priority and we're stopping it all together. 
there. Well, someone's working on that. (laughs) So, and these are the things you have to start thinking through as a manager is how best to communicate those, you know, changes to your team, how to, if it affects them, sort of soften that blow of, Hey, your project isn't happening anymore, but this new opportunity is, and make sure you're setting those expectations clearly as you make the changes to try to smooth (laughs) the ridges in what can be a difficult situation. And it may be hard for you too, because I know tons of times where I was just told you're taking over this whole department, you're taking over this new project. It's not in a good space. You're getting a mess (laughs) and, and like it smile. (laughs) Right. So, (laughs) yeah, no, I totally get that. And, and, I know over the course of my corporate career, those types of changes, I mean, they're just, they seem constant, right? I mean, they're mm-hmm. either, either a restructure or organizational change of some sort. Maybe it's a, a an acquisition of another company. And so now you've got this merger stuff going on. Uh, it, it, lots of different types of changes like that will, uh, will come our way. And mm-hmm. when they do, especially as the leader, I think it is super important that as the leader, we model the adaptability to that, right? We we can acknowledge, hey, change is scary. It's difficult at times. Uh, the other times it, it almost seems meaningless. You know, why, why, are, we, why are we having to make this change? Uh, but I think it's just super important that as leaders, we model being adaptive to those changes, right? And in that way we can communicate to the to the team, yeah, this this is gonna be tough, but yeah. it's necessary and we'll get through it or or whatever that might be. I think it's just as a leader, that modeling of adaptability is what's gonna influence and, and equip the team to also adapt to that. And you have to be careful. There's this balance when changes happen because you may not be happy with them either as a manager, but a lot of times you know, this is what needs to happen. And again, even as a manager, you may not understand the reasons, but now you need to execute the change and making sure you balance that level of transparency with the team and don't focus on how you maybe feel about the change with getting the change done and getting them work through it. Because if I went into my team and said, oh, this horrible thing is happening to us and making us the victim of Mm -hmm. a situation, then they're already going to start with a negative mindset. And and then struggle to adapt. So feel, figure out how you feel about it, figure out what you're going to do and then go in front of them and, you know, find maybe a more peer level person if you need to commiserate a little, yep, yep. But, but be careful about spreading any kind of negativity and sentiments about the problem, you know, to them. So. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree with that. And I know that well, I've been in this place many times and probably many of our listeners are, we, we feel like we're kind of caught in the middle. Right. And and while I say this is change that falls into the bucket of change that we can um, we can influence, um, sometimes when we're caught in the middle, it's upper management that has made a decision that that creates this need for some type of change. And that just kind of trickles down to us then as maybe middle management to to then implement that change. And I totally agree with you. I think one of the worst things that we can do, especially if it's a change that maybe we don't fully understand, or maybe we even just blatantly disagree with to then turn to our team that we're leading and let that negativity roll downhill or, or even worse to throw our leadership under the bus 
and yeah, I know this is a bad idea, but we're going to do it anyway. Uh, that is such a negative model for uh, adaptability to your team. And I think the way that'll manifest itself is later on when you want to make a change within your own team, they'll have that very similar attitude that you, that you were having, you know, with your leadership. But so I think it's just really important that when you have these changes kind of roll downhill, if you will, and now you're responsible implementing them, it's really, really important that you engage well with your leadership to understand the why. Why are we needing to make this change? And, and what's in it? This is the question I love to communicate when I'm communicating a decision or some type of change to, to my team. What is in it for them? Right. And, mm-hmm. and it's important to, you know, hey, boss, I, I understand the change you're wanting me to make. Just could you help me make sure that I'm clear on exactly why we're making this decision? Why is this going to be or making this change? Why is this going to be beneficial for us? I just need to understand that thoroughly so I can go back to the team and properly lead them through this, you know, through this change. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just so important, I think, to set those clear expectations on why and what it, what's in it for them when you've got to implement a change like that. And it goes back to what you can control and what you can't about the situation, right? The decision, maybe you can't control it at all. Maybe you may have some influence and sort of a slight left or right, Mm -hmm. you know, in the way it's, but what you can control is that message to your team, the way you can control how you react to the situation. And that's where you start to feel less stressed about having to deal with it is because you've now put your boundaries around where you're going to engage and how you're going to feel about it and how you're going to message it clearly to the team to execute as well so and and i would ask you this too nikki is there a way to be proactive about adaptability and here, here's what i mean by this um <laughs> when when we have a plan right maybe we've got a six-month plan and we're two months into that plan and and we realize oh this is bad it's gone sideways in some way well we can be reactionary, if you will, to that revelation that, that this plan is a bad one or it's gone south um, and we can be reactionary and then we can adapt. But as we enter into that six month project that is in my example, is there a way to be proactive with our team such that we let them know, hey, things might not go exactly to plan. And when they mm-hmm. do or if they you know go si- sideways on us, then we're expected to be adaptable. Is there a way to be proactive about that, do you think? Yeah, and I think especially when I kicked off longer projects like that, I always had the team, okay, let's brainstorm what could go wrong or where, sure. uh, what are we missing in the plan? One, so that if there's something we can proactively do early in the process, cool, let's work on that. But if there is a chance something's gonna go off the rails, do we also have a contingency plan in place to either adapt and go with that if that's what we need to, or to pull it back in line? And I think if you think through some of those scenarios in advance, that gets you that start, right? So that again, you're not totally surprised and it may not happen exactly as you think, but at least you have some idea that this is not the perfect plan. Here's a couple of things that we need to be prepared for. And then what do we do if those things happen, right? Yeah, I think I think that's so important that that being proactive about 
adaptability because I know that, you know, especially when we're doing planning together as a team, team members can can really kind of get locked in and laser focused on that plan. And, and we're going to execute that plan. Um, and that, I believe, can prevent um, this, you know, this nature of adaptability or the nature of change, if you will, or even, you know, to use bigger words, innovation, right? I, I can get so locked into, I got to do this and I have to do it this way. Maybe there's a better way. Um, but I think it's important that up front, especially when we're planning, just so that we don't get everyone locked into the plan, is that we we express the idea that, hey, it, if things don't go exactly according to plan, we can adjust. We can make changes here. We can adapt to this. And normally in a, in a project, there's, it's a three-legged stool, right? It's either time, cost, mm-hmm. or scope. And I think, you know, I think it's important to communicate up front, hey, here's the plan. I want everybody mm-hmm. clear on the plan. But as soon as the plan starts to go sideways, we can adapt the scope or we can adapt the cost or we can adapt the date. Um, so we just need to be clear, I think, and, and proactive on communicating what we're what adjustments we're willing to make on our plans. And I think that there's such a big piece that employees can play as they're working on projects and improve their communication back to their manager. Mm-hmm. Again, what was challenging for me is in that six month project example, don't come to me, you know, the last two weeks of that six months and tell you, tell me that, oh, for the last five months, things have been going sideways. I wanted my team to always feel that I was I trusted them. I supported them. And I was there to help them if there were issues. Tell me on week one or two of the project, tell me on weeks five and six, right? Tell me periodically what's going on so that if there are issues, they're probably smaller too, that they're sort of micro issues, which if you do leave them for the five months, it's going to be a major issue. And now you're out of time to try to course correct or adapt to fix it. Right. So I think that's another important thing to make sure people, especially in this environment of not being right next to each other, you're communicating if there are issues and make sure that is a safe space for people to come talk with your manager. So. Yeah. You know, that, that is such a good point. I, I mean, I think I would say it this way, adaptability or adjusting that's a team activity. That's a group activity. That's not an individual activity. Uh, it's not just up to the leader. It's up to the whole group, the whole team to make the adjustments or, or to adapt in the, in the way that is necessary. And so it's just important in our individual communications with one another that we're willing to say, Hey, this is not going the way we thought it would. We need to adjust here. We need to adapt mm-hmm. to this. Um, it's, it's important that we have that level of trust, that, that culture of trust that we can say those kind of things to one another. And I, I think it's just important that, especially as leaders, again, kind of in the vein of being proactive about making sure everyone knows that adjustments or adaptability is, is needed here or necessary, then we just need to be communicating that, letting folks know that the moment you see things are not going right, you need to let the team know so that Mm -hmm. as a group, as a team, right, we can make the adjustments necessary. 
Yeah. And and I had managers before early in my career and they were so incredibly rigid. And if I had to tell them some bad news, I was afraid to tell them. Mm. And, you know, I'd sort of rehearse with the team members and they'd give some pointers, but then you get in front of them and then they're upset as you expected. Mm. And my response then was defensive, right? Because I, I didn't feel like I had a safe space. And again, the problem may or may not have been within my control, but now we're both sliding into this negative swirl that's not good and it didn't solve the problem, right? And so I learned pretty quickly from that manager, I don't wanna be that way because I knew how it made me feel. And again, I always sort of left things to the last minute to tell them because I was so afraid of how they were going to be. And I knew I wasn't going to be able to respond well in return. Right. Yeah. You know, that's so important as a leader, you want your team members to be um, equipped and, and prepared to make adjustments as necessary, but your leadership can actually prevent that, right. Or your poor (laughs) leadership can actually prevent that. You want them to adjust and they probably want to adjust to the the changes within a project or, or a plan, mm-hmm. but your bad leadership could actually prevent them from making the adjustments necessary, especially making the adjustments in a timely manner that is necessary to for success, right? To the point you were making, you waited to the last minute, right? Oftentimes that's what happens is I, I've known this thing is going to be late for months but I'm not going to tell you that until I'm actually forced to tell you that. And that's going to be the day before it's due, right? The day before mm-hmm. it's due, I have to tell you at that point. But I've known for weeks that it was going <laughs> right. to be late. Uh, but it's, you know, as leaders, we have to really, really be careful of that, that our leadership isn't preventing our teams from being adaptable uh, when they recognize the need to be that way and, and when they when they want actually to be adaptable, we got to be careful with that. I think that's why as a leader too, it's so important to reflect on how the team is performing as a unit, not just even the individuals, right? If your projects are continually missing targets, deliverables are not being met or sales teams not hitting their goals, there's something wrong with the process and something needs to be modified. If that's consistently happening over and over again, then you need to do some self-reflection because it's not one person. It's not one, you know, sort of loose cog. (laughs) It's the machine itself necessarily in their control, but you still need to have a better understanding of where the problem is because you can't keep having those issues. Yeah, totally. Totally agree with that. Totally agree with that. Well, Nikki, we've, We've talked a lot about adaptability here and I know it's your gig and all that. So I want to leave you with this. Is there some element or or aspect of adaptability that we didn't touch on here in this conversation that you feel like is, yeah, this is something the audience should definitely know about being adaptable. Yeah. And I think um, in times of change, it also is a great time of opportunity. And one thing I would say, especially for this podcast is never wait for someone to work for you um, or for yourself to step up as a leader. You don't need the name. You don't need the title to be a leader at your job, to be a leader in your community, to be a leader you know, with your friends and family. That's just a choice you make. And if you need help, 
ask for help. And I've always gotten people to help and work for me, whether it was a charity event that had nothing to do with work or work things where I knew I wasn't going to hit a deadline or I didn't have an expertise. So I would just encourage everyone, don't wait for the title. Don't wait for someone else to figure out the change correction. If you've got an idea, stand up, you know, stand out and go get it done. Yeah, no, so good, Nikki. I'm so glad you said that because my listeners get to hear a message from someone else, right? I I say those things all the time that leadership is not about position or title or authority. Um, It's all about building relationships with folks to the point that you can influence them. Um, That's Mm -hmm. what leadership is all about. And I agree that you don't have to wait for a title uh, to, uh, to do just that. So thank you so much for sharing that. Well, Nikki, we've, we've covered adaptability, I think here today. And and I know that uh, you've, dropped a lot of great wisdom on our audience on the need as leaders, especially to be adaptable and how we can uh, kind of react to those things that, that, that change that we can't control, but also those that we can. And so I really appreciate you sharing that. I'm certain that some of our audience would love to connect with you, find more out, find out more about you and so forth. So where would our audience go to, to find Nikki? That one's always easy. Everyone feels like they know me before they meet me because I have so much stuff out there. But you guys can listen into my podcast, which is called Stand Up and Stand Out. It's where all the cool kids hang out that do podcasts. We talk about similar management talk topics, but again, focused on those sort of just entering the workforce and starting that transition from university. Um, You're welcome to read more about me in my book, I Laugh in the Face of Danger. And uh, you can find this and more information about me, my coaching services on our website or um, anywhere on the internet, Instagram, LinkedIn at Green Chameleon Collective. (laughs) And I will have um, in the show notes for this episode, I'll have links to everything you just mentioned there. Um, and so I'll uh, make sure that our audience knows how to find you, but Nikki, it's been great to have you Uh, again, a very timely topic to share with our audience and and being adaptable to these changes that we're all experiencing right now. So thank you so much for sharing the time with us and dropping your, uh, your wisdom on us today. Awesome. Thank you so much. Well, there you have it, friend, my interview with Nikki Green. I so enjoyed that conversation with her, and I know that it's helped you as well. Uh, I know that we're better leaders uh, having spent some time with Nikki and learned more about this ability to be adaptable. Be sure you check out everything that Nikki mentioned. You can find links to everything that she mentioned, her, uh, her social media accounts, her website, her book, even her podcast. You can find links to that in the show notes. Head over to rookieleaders.com. This is episode number 68. So you'll find the show notes there and you'll find links to everything that that Nikki mentioned uh, in the the, the last minute of that interview there. So be sure you check that out. Again, also want to remind you, the Leadership Calculator, take advantage of that. Credibleleaders.com forward slash calculator. Measure your leadership so that you can then improve your leadership. Hey, thanks so much again for tuning in. You know, I'm honored. I'm blessed to have you listening in until we speak again next time. Be blessed and lead well. 
This episode of the Rookie Leaders Podcast has ended, but never fear. You can find other binge-worthy podcasts and episodes at rookieleaders.com. If you like this episode, please rate and write a review in iTunes. If you haven't already, please subscribe to the podcast. And remember to share this episode with your friends and colleagues looking for leadership lessons of their own. We appreciate your support. For more great leadership content, head over to credibleleaders.com.